Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. On this week's episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, we talk about what TV or movie world we'd want to live in, some off-season football ranking articles, and of course, a lot of Texas Tech baseball news, including a preview of this weekend's Super Regional against the Duke Blue Devils. The 23 Personnel Podcast starts right now. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. It's the same Michael from the majority of the shows. <laughs> we had to kick Labar off. Mm. He's no, too good. We, 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 He's too good. I demanded. I demanded we, that he be let go. He knows too many things about sports in general and especially baseball. And um, I just I couldn't handle it. He knows too much. He knows too much. <laughs> Y'all are stuck with me this week. So when it comes to baseball, I'll uh, I'll uh, let Spencer take the lead for the most part. Yes, we've got a lot of baseball to talk about mm-hmm. because there was a regional played in Lubbock this weekend. Labar and I went to, to two of those. Well, he went to a lot of the games. I didn't go to the non-Texas Tech games. I didn't go to the Sunday night game. I, I'm pretty sure he was there for every game of the regional. Um there was that. The MLB draft started, was it last night or tonight? I think it was last night. Last night, sure. Um, Super Regionals are announced. Talk about that. Um, we both have a different section of baseball draft in the notes. That's funny. <laughs> also, there's other, other general sports news and notes that we're going to have to go over. Um some of the off-season silliness has started with the superfluous posts and the rankings and um, not superfluous. What is it, what are those called? Not you don't want to say. Uh, I was going to say pointless, but that's not right because they're fun. Superlatives. Uh, there you oh go. my gosh! There he goes. That the sounds superlatives good. posts. The this team has the best this and this is the best that and this has the most. So got a couple of those articles to talk about course our our favorite segment which we left off last week going yard got some things to talk about man so they they haven't heard two weeks or three weeks yeah it's been like three weeks since we've done a going yard oh gosh all right and then we've got we got plenty of questions to break it off into a mailbag episode so we'll get into that later on um but michael i'm gonna let you introduce the the topic because this was something that you threw in our notes and uh something that you wanted to talk about so yeah. What are we What are we starting off with today? Well, I I listen. Uh, I I went to the Dallas area this weekend to visit some good friends of mine. We all are tech grads and and had a good time. And I got to listen to a lot of podcasts on the way there and back. So one of the podcasts I listened to is this this crazy improv sketch comedy thing called Spontaneous Nation, hosted by Paul F. Tompkins. And anyway. 
they... I know none of those words you just said. <laughs> well, it's it's a completely made up word. <laughs> and if you ask me to spell well, like it, the I name. would be lost. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I, I would like be the host. Just, I don't know any of that. Well, th- there you go. So that'll, Google that. Google that later if you if you want. But they usually have a question that they ask the people they're talking to. And the question this week, or in the podcast I listened to anyway, was what movie or TV world would you want to live in? And I thought that would be pretty interesting to explore. Yeah, I actually had to like start Googling fantasy worlds, if you will, to kind of get my mind because I, I don't, I don't. The ones I was thinking of, like TVs, movies, and stuff like that, not places I would want to live. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's what I was doing too. I, I came up with a lot of the same things. I watch a lot of movies or shows that you know, typically involve violence or um, ordinary people who end up in you know really terrible situations like Fargo or even Breaking Bad to an extent even though because who wants to live in New Mexico well I I wouldn't mind (laughs) I mean New Mexico's not bad but I've done it I don't know if I'd want to be part of the Walter White universe because I might just end up um dead for sure I might might end end up up with a bicycle lock around my neck or something so I, I also considered Westworld, but that was before I started watching season two. Um, so season one of Westworld I would consider because you could theoretically go to Westworld safely. <laughs> and then I, wanted, I, I tweeted this out the other day. I'd be in the part of Westworld where you could just kind of farm by, by yourself for a week reading... Um, I'd read... Larry McMurtry novels, they probably wouldn't let me bring them in, so I'd smuggle them in because they're not from, obviously, from the Wild West. But the other one I thought was Humans, which is kind of the same, sort of the same thing. Slight spoiler alert. In Humans, it's a it's a show about robots that eventually gain consciousness. Well, how dare you? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I've just been waiting for a chance to jump on you about spoiling something when I said, when I gave a synopsis, a brief, brief synopsis that if you had watched any trailers, you would understand. Oh, oh, uh, about the movie uh, The Quiet Place. The Quiet, the Quiet Place. Yeah, yeah. I'm still, I'm still. Yeah, so you're like, mad. oh my gosh, spoiler alert! I was like, dude, if you've seen the preview, well, it had you know just come out. It had just, you know, at least humans. Two weeks is... ago, two weeks before I'd seen, I'd said something. Humans is like season three's starting in. Britain or something right now. I don't even know how it works. I haven't even but, heard of it. So. Um, <laughs> but that was one where it was... It, the, the aspect of having one of those at the house that would just constantly be cleaning or could mow the yard or put stuff in the attic or whatever you asked <laughs> it to do. I thought, okay, well, that, that sounds good. Get so the anyway, sand all out of the say, one. <laughs> yeah, all that to say... Um, the, the worlds I kind of settled on are probably possibly lame. And I'm kind of I'm kind of going back and forth between Parks and Rec because I think Leslie Nope would be a pretty great person to run a city uh, Parks and Rec department because there'd always be something fun to do or something crazy going on. And it would just be kind of lighthearted. And then, and, or Cheers. Cheers was another one I came to that I thought would be an interesting place to just sit around sit around that bar on occasion and just listen to Cliff and Norm talk for hours about pointless things 
So we kind of went in the same direction, not, not the Cheers direction. Um, so I, I thought about and the other the places I, th- I thought of um, were basically just settings of lots of Stephen King novels that were turned into movies. Like I don't really want to do any of those. Where does where does he have? What's that city he always writes? Is it Castle Rock or? Yeah, probably. Something, there's some city that he writes about in a lot of his novels. But like for, for no no really apparent reason, I thought of The Mist. I thought of Shawshank. I thought of... The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I don't know if that's... That's not Stephen King, is it? I don't think it is. Uh, Anyways. I'm not sure. Um, places like that... Um, when I was in research, there was actually a lot of like game worlds. I was like, "Ooh, the one at Halo would be kind of cool." Because I don't know, I thought that would be cool. No, not really. Um, yeah, but I think I I settled on, on Scranton, Pennsylvania, in the office. <laughs> I even thought of that because the, <laughs> I think the same team that uh, did Parks and Rec did The Office, like the same They're very similar team. shows. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, we're kind of in the same vein there because that's. That's a little bit better than, um, you know, Deadwood or The Sopranos or The Americans. That was a show I or just the finished Walking watching. Dead. Yeah, The Walking Dead would be probably last on my list. There was one other thing I thought of, and it was solely for one aspect of it. I wouldn't mind being in the Star Trek universe just because of teleportation. Because you wouldn't necessarily you have to be part of Starfleet. It- would you? Yeah, if you don't consider, you know, your body getting torn into little pieces and put back together, and the person that gets put back together may not be the same person that went into the teleporter. Oh, is that a so, thing? Well, there's that hypothetical, like, the people that think that it could be possible is it's basically your body being replicated, but when it gets put back together, it may not be the same you. Well, but in... Star Trek world, it's possible. Oh, it sure. Is the same yeah, it, it's fiction, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're good. <laughs> I live yeah, in like I'm, I'm drawn to uh, Iowa and Indiana, apparently, because I I would just live where Captain Captain Kirk grew up, somewhere up in Iowa in the, in the cornfields, and then just teleport to I don't know New Zealand, <laughs> just because. The the other other place I, or the other setting I thought of was. 
um, Interstellar and not like the the Dust Bowl setting before <laughs> they left the planet, but like that little interim ring planet they had outside of like Saturn. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. It, because Or, you know, the new planet. Yeah. That could be cool too. Well, and you'd have all the the technology that goes with it and um, just kind of an interesting history behind how you got there. All right, that's a pretty yeah. good one. I like that one too. But yeah, most of, I think you and I are kind of the same, or at least I am. Most of the stuff I really enjoy and really watch is it are things that I would never be doing myself usually, or they're really kooky comedies. So, um, not a lot of, not a lot of room for, the wire on this list or something. <laughs> no <little> intense. <laughs> So the other thing I, I got to talk to you about is um, I need a restaurant recommendation for going to lunch with my coworkers. Yeah. Um, it's my birthday this week. They're taking me out for lunch. It is. I was actually going to mention that. I have my own little set of yeah. notes over here. Happy happy early birthday. Yeah. My birthday's on Saturday for everybody listening. June the 9th. I will be the ripe young age of 29 this year. Oh man! So now everyone knows your passwords. No, there's nothing to do with '89. Okay, which is the year I was born. Okay, all right, all right. We'll see. So I I usually do burgers, and I, I'm I'm okay with doing that again. But I was I was looking for someone a little different. Also, not Caprock or Orlando's. Oh well, possibly not barbecue either. So, kind of narrowed it down to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but you're are you still are you still thinking burgers? Would do you like the aspect of of uh you know kind of sticking with sort of a tradition? Well, at one point I was thinking about offering up Spanky's. I was like that's kind of weird. It felt weird to say, "Hey, we're, we're going to go to Spanky's for my birthday with my office." It just didn't feel right. Man, I don't know. That's a great choice. Um Blue Sky is would be pretty good too, and they've got that one that's pretty close to your office yeah and we went there so we had somebody join our office and her first day we, we all went to blue sky oh okay i kind of remember that tweet a while back i remember food tweets um all right well I, we may have to table this because I'll, I'll i'll come back to it I'll, I'll be thinking about it i think i've told you about bonus burger but that's not really a place you would want to go with a group of people if the plan is to kind of hang out it's really small and there's just not there's not enough room for everybody to sit, probably. Um, yeah. Christakis okay. is so, kind of the same way, but those two are some of the best in town for, as far as, I think. But I'll, I'll keep thinking. I'll keep thinking. Don't worry. I'm on it. Okay. We're gonna talk about some general news and notes. Not all of it is sports related. Um. Let's go ahead and, and do the Texas Tech related news first. Uh, I, this I only saw this because it was in the morning stake, but that the the women's tennis team recruiting class this year is currently ranked third in the country. Woohoo! Which is just insane because you think about any sport having a third ranked recruiting class, you're like, well, they're they're going to be set up for years to come with that kind of recruiting effort. Jealous that we can't get that in basketball, baseball, and football. Or football. 
I'd take one of those, really. Well, and how many colleges have a tennis program? Every single one of them, probably? There are probably hundreds. And our, our that you're competing recruiting for class is third? Yeah. That's really something. Oh, sorry. There's like just a little bit of ice left in this metal cup, and it it's, it's going to rattle. Ah, you'll be sorry, all right. Buddy. You'll be all right. So that's really good. Um, other thing, there is a story... Uh, like a like a mini novel almost. I'm I'm already blanking on the guy that wrote it. Um, chronicling the Ole Miss NCAA infractions um, investigations recruit all that kind of weirdness. It's actually really great. And actually, I'm like I'm really jealous of the creativity of the author that came up with the title of it. Because the, the piece is called Crooked Letters, which is punny on so many levels. Because growing up, you learn how to spell Mississippi like M-I-M-I, crooked letter, crooked letter, I. Yep. And then the other obvious connotation of crooked is, you know, corrupt and all that kind of, which this story goes way in depth on um, Hugh Freeze and Houston Nutt and just the craziness with that and then some recruits. Surrounding Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Um, it's really great. You should read it if you have probably an hour or so. <laughs> it, 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 Like I said, it's a, it's a lengthy piece, but it's really great. I'm, I'm into that kind of show me the seedy underbelly of, of things um, that we once thought were just pure. Because growing up, like looking at college football, not knowing – anything like any backstory as a child you're like oh that's so cool just college kids you know just students playing a game so much more behind it and you know growing up and maturing seeing that kind of stuff behind it just it's fascinating to me I have have a book um, it's not really about the um, the dark side of it but it's called um, oh I'm blanking on it but it's a it's a, a book about the pageantry and intrigue and corruption in big time college athletics uh, specifically college football and I'm blank on the name of it but it's a, it's a good book I'm still reading it uh, it actually had a, a chapter devoted to the Mike Leach situation in December of 2009 oh, really yeah. really interesting perspective because it like it was following Mike Leach and it was like really detailed in the aspect of the correspondence he and the administration had and um, parts of the story I hadn't heard of before. It's really great. Um, but if you if you got some time, Crooked Letters is a good one to read. It's, like I said, like a mini novel. It's actually on SB Nation, so they're not, you know, all terrible people over there. Michael said he didn't have a chance to read it because he was really busy, and then he clicked on a link. Yeah. Like 20 or 30 minutes ago, I was like, oh, I don't have time. I totally this. underestimated <laughs> this because, you know, Spencer... <laughs> He did a really uh, did a really thorough job with the notes this week, and I was going through them uh, after we got our little girl in bed about thirty minutes before we record. And I was like, "Oh, I better you know click on some of these links because I was really busy at work." And I clicked on this one. I thought, "Okay, I'll just skim through it real quick." And no, no, like he said, <laughs> this this will probably take most people There's an hour. Much. It's probably going to take me There's a little too much to skim. Yeah, it'd take me a little longer than an hour. I've never been a super fast reader. But um, mm. I've got like these, I don't think I've told you this before, Spencer, but on our Slack chat, on like the, where you can make notes to yourself, 
you can do that? Yeah, yeah, you can just click your own name. You, oh, okay. you can click your own name and put stuff in there. So I put links to stuff I want to read in there all the time. And so I've got like this... You have like a really long list. I do. I wish I could send you... I probably could send you a screenshot, but I've got like this growing list of uh, of things I want to read and, and I added this to the bottom of it. So I'll eventually get to it. The bottom. <laughs> well, the bottom means most recent. Oh, okay. Anyways, if you guys haven't read it, like I said, take about an hour or, you know, break it up into... In a chapter, I think it's five or six chapters long, but it's it's you know long form internet story, so you don't have to like, I don't know. Commit some time to this; it's really interesting. Uh, I think it's really great. Um, another thing this is actually what Michael brought in or brought up: um, the Big Twelve announced revenue that they're they're um, distributing this year. Looks like a total, a grand total for the conference, grand total of. Just under three hundred and sixty-five million dollars. That's a lot. You know, and this is for first and second tier rights. Yeah. So that split ten ways. Every team is getting thirty-six point five million dollars. Good for third in the country in terms of Power Five conferences behind the Big Ten and the SEC. Not a big surprise there. Um. And then, of course, you got a couple of teams that own their third-tier rights, like Oklahoma and Texas, that will probably be pushing up towards those other conference totals. Um, and then however much Tech is getting from Fox and all that kind of stuff for their third-tier rights. Well, and, and one thing I thought was I was surprised by it, but not that surprised. Um, you know, we all groaned when they added the championship game to attend – a 10-team round-robin league, uh, or I did. I, I don't know if – I can't remember where you really stood on it or not, but it just seemed redundant to have that in there. Um, it seemed like, it, you know, it probably could have helped those first couple years to, to jump someone into the college playoff, but we'll never know. Um, and then, of course, this year it really didn't take much into account. Uh, you know, I don't think – the second was it TCU versus OU this year? This year, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think TCU was gonna if they beat OU. I don't know what was gonna really happen. I don't think it would have upset things. Yeah, it that was much. one of those years where like the number one team was clearly far and away one. better. Yeah. Than two, you know, the number one team obviously won the regular season. If they'd won the conference championship game, it'd be like, or if the if they'd been upset and the number two team won the conference championship game. You'd be like, well, they just got lucky or they, they caught Oklahoma on a bad day or whatever it was. Yeah. So that's where I don't like it. I, I think it makes a lot more sense if there are divisions. Yeah. You really can't do divisions without at least 12 teams. Um, no, but I, that extra game and all that kind of stuff, I, I understand that. Yeah, I, so. I'm totally with I, – I wish it was almost – and there's no way you could do it because there's too much riding on it. I almost wish it was dependent if uh, – you know, if you had two teams with the same record, or something like that, that that then you would do the the championship game. But anyway, all that to say, the league generated about thirty million dollars thanks to this inaugural championship game. So that's an extra, an extra three million. Yeah, a piece. Extra three million for every school, just because they played that extra game that really didn't mean anything. So. Yep. That's, that's not jump change. I, I, that's a lot of money. But to it's look. about. Every school. Yep. 
it is. But that doesn't mean we have to really like it. <laughs> oh, hey, and, you know, I thought of a burger place. Okay. Twisted Root. Have you been there in a while? Uh, yeah, we've been there. Ah, oh, man, you've been there. Okay. Several right. times. And it's been a while since we've gone as a, as a team, but we, we have all gone there before all right. together. I'll, I'll keep thinking. I'll keep thinking. <laughs> um, I, for, I forgot what I was going to say. Way to go. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Because <laughs> when someone comes at you randomly with a burger thing. Yep. My bad. Yeah. No, okay. I remember what I was going to say. Um, for the longest time, I I didn't really... I didn't like the Big 12 revenue sharing model and it makes a little bit more sense with the third tier rights are actually kind of incentivizing the teams to own and manage that themselves but like sharing bowl revenues and especially when it was like the BCS bowl paid out like three times what the next tier bowl would be and I was like well I think every team should take home their own bowl revenue and not share it with everybody especially teams that don't go to a bowl game as Texas Tech is kind of slipping, I'm like, give me all the money we can get right now, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just <laughs> rake it in. Uh, we need what we can get. Yeah. Last thing before we jump into actually jump into football first. Um, this is kind of football related. I heard this on a another podcast I listened to, the Solid Verbal. Um, these are some high end, not high end, the upper higher-ups in SB Nation, Dan Rubenstein and Ty Hildebrandt have a really fantastic podcast. They have a show, website, all this kind of stuff. Big fans of what they do. They are solely college football. Um, but he was, he, was telling, he, was, he was talking to his guest, uh, Mike Golick Jr., about a caffeine nap. And I ha- hadn't heard about it before. Um, Me but neither. Dan, if you don't know him, he is a... Pac-12 fan. I think he's an Oregon alum. He and Brian, our own Brian, probably went to school together at some point. He's an Oregon fan. But he currently lives in New York City, so that time difference is a challenge when he's trying to watch the Pac-12 games, The especially when they get really late, even for us at Central Time. Yeah, it's a challenge for us. It's crazy. Well, I, we're only one hour ahead of him, but he said there's, there's usually a lull in the afternoon about that 2.30 to 3.30 range uh, central. He was talking about 3.30 to 4.30 eastern where you've got that like second tier of games that are, uh, they, they can be good. They're mostly just kind of like the, the example he used was like um, South Carolina-Missouri game. Like that could be interesting, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass this one. He said that he will chug um, an iced coffee, which is his, his – uh, caffeine coffee source of choice he likes iced coffee um, he would chug it and then take a, like a little 20 minute power nap and he said the re- rejuvenation from the power nap and then the 20 minutes which is about how long it takes for the caffeine to be absorbed and kicked in it says waking up from one of those is like being shot out of a cannon and I just I thought it was genius like why haven't we thought about this before so when you're looking to, to power through the long day of college football coming up we're gonna have to put put this into practice here in about three months middle of the afternoon chug your source of caffeine um obviously coffee has a lot more caffeine than a soda does but do that hit the hit a nap for 20 or so minutes and then he said like it's getting shot out of a cannon man i i had never i can't wait to try it i I know i'm gonna have to try it too because i've done you know the the 20 minute nap experiment and it 
with hit or miss results. Uh, I remember you have to you have to be almost perfectly timed. Yeah, I remember doing it in college a lot, or trying to. <laughs> then of course, twenty minutes would turn into two hours almost without fail. Um, I think I tried to do it during lunch when I first started working, just because I would stay up till two playing video games because that's what you do <laughs> when you live by yourself and you're working a full time job. And so I'd come home and and try to squeeze it like a 20 minute nap. And that was kind of successful, but I didn't know about the coffee trick. And if I had, I definitely would have tried it. And I still might figure out a way to try it now. My my brother-in-law has figured out a way to, to eat his lunch in his office and then take a quick nap and then get back up and get back to work within the hour time span. So he eats. I think he watches like a television show, like one episode of a television show while he eats. And then he takes a nap and then pops back up. All within an hour, I was like, I, I don't know if I, how I could do that. I couldn't do that. I've done the eat and watch an episode of a show quite well, a few I do that times. almost every day. Yeah, I, I do that. Anytime I stay at work during lunch, I usually do that. I come home a lot now, but I, I used to do that a lot. And the nap was never considered because, I mean, I don't have a couch. What is he? What? Where does he work yeah, at? So he's is, got is, like, is he a madman? Does he? No, he's, does he, he actually works in engineering. He's a. Uh, I uh, couldn't remember. He pipeline sales is really w- w- what he's in. Okay. Um, but so he's in like just a regular office. I think he's got two like office chairs that he kind of pulls together. I think he he's got them somewhere where like he either ties them together or he he wedges them so they won't like slide apart and he'll fall through them or something. <laughs> oh my like, gosh, that sounds complicated. It, it's it's a it's a quite the setup. I've seen it on a picture before. It's like I don't see how you can do it, I, but he does it. Like I said, just about every day. I think my best bet would be to rig up something like, I don't know how, I can't remember how big of a Seinfeld fan you are or not, but Costanza. It's right before my, my era, dude. Well, uh, I don't get it. George Costanza worked at the Yankees and he figured out a mm-hmm. way to take a nap under his desk. And his car was always there. And so they thought he was getting a lot of work done, but he was just asleep under his desk. And, and he had a carpenter come in and build like a shelf and. All this kind of stuff underneath his desk. Anyway, like a little alarm clock, and I thought, well, okay, I, I could, I could maybe get that to work. As long as someone doesn't come all the way in the office, they're not going to know I'm under there. But I don't know. Yeah. So I, I'm not, not necessarily in a cubicle, but I share my office space with six people. Oh, okay. So we have walls. So they would hear you desk. snoring. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> We have walls around our desk, but they're like they're they're glass, um, and then so there, there are four big desks in the corners of the room, and I have one of the corners, and we have two interns along one of the walls between two of the desks, um, and then the entryways opposite the the interns. So there's six of us in this room. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to get away with with that because there's always somebody in that office and always somebody making noise and. If I were down there, I'd be snoring. They'd know where I was. Yeah, I I think I mean mine. I could I could probably figure something out, but my problem too is I if I'm going to stay there, I'd probably rather watch, you know, like an hour long episode of something or or 45 minute yeah. episode of something, I mean, you know, instead of just a 22 minute episode of something and then fall asleep. Yeah, I I'd rather watch a TV show or just have that time to myself doing something else relaxing than trying to take a nap 
Hey, see that that sounds stressful to try to like. I have to fall asleep. I have to. Yeah, fall asleep. I know. That's not gonna work. I, I agree because well, I've only got X amount of time. I've got to fall asleep right now, and I've got to chug this coffee. If you're gonna try to do that, <laughs> I've got. I, I've got I, I stay down and chug this work, coffee, though. and or I've got to. I've got to, you know, just make this twenty ounce diet Dr Pepper disappear, <laughs> and then go. Try not to sleep without burping the entire time. Yeah. Hey. Okay. Last time I'm going to interrupt about this, but I've I've narrowed it down. This is where you should go for your birthday. You should go to BurgerFi. Have you been to BurgerFi yet? Yeah. Did you not like it? The CEO is the best thing on that menu. Is that the only thing you tried? Well, that and the urban style fries. I would probably agree that the CEO is the best thing because it really is good. So I, I got it when I went the first time. I got it by recommendations. Like you need to get the CEO had it. I was like, I don't know if I would get anything else on this menu. You don't even think you would try it? <laughs> now it, it is it is more of a tricked up kind of burger. Yeah, it is. It's 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 good. I'm. But they've still got an old school just cheeseburger. If you want a cheeseburger, which I have yeah, had and, and it's great. And when I think about having a burger, I think about having like just a classic kind of greasy, messy kind of burger, not a. We mixed Wagyu beef and brisket with bacon and a sweet aioli right. sauce. Right. It's like, and, and okay, so but then I'm, it was I'm, sound like kind of really like I'm good. being sarcastic, but it's really good. I, <laughs> I just don't know if I would. I felt the same way because my my wife ordered it's it. It's kind first. of on the small side too. Yeah, I always did the old school. You know, when I go to a place for the first time, I just get like, okay, give me a cheeseburger, or the most you know as as close as I can get to one usually, and. um that's what I got there. Oh, and speaking of, we were in Fort Worth this weekend. Kincaid's. And well, Kincaid's is awesome. I have eaten there before, but we ate at Rodeo Goat, which a lot of the guys on STP had been telling me about for years. Whenever I'd ask for like recommendations for Fort Worth or something like that, everybody was like, "Rodeo Goat, you gotta go, dude." It was great. Everybody's right. Um, the burger I got was one of their. Apparently, they have two burgers that go head to head. For a whole week and then whichever one gets ordered more stays on the menu and they sub it out with another one so that that's constantly changing and I had one of the ones that's constantly changing I couldn't even tell you what was on it there was like a, a disc made out of cheddar cheese and there was bacon pieces on it and then there was more cheese and it was it was pretty plain there wasn't any veggies or anything but it was it was incredible man that was a really good burger why don't y'all go there Go to Rodeo Go. Y'all just y'all just take just off. Take a field trip. Yeah, the just, whole day. Yeah, the four hours there, four hours back. Get some breakfast burritos on the road and just take <laughs> off, head east yeah. and 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 end up in Fort Worth and then you'll be back. You know, by supper time, no problem. All right, we probably talked about way too much. That's not <laughs> sports related. We're thirty minutes into a sports podcast. Texas Tech sports. We haven't. This happens, guys. Really touched it. Yeah. 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 It happens. This is. This is nothing new, really. But I this is what happens when I come back. If Labar was here, he'd have kept you on track. But I kept no, interrupting our, you our, about our, burgers. If you heard our intro last week, it was like forty-five seconds, and then we were into tech baseball. I know, and then y'all <laughs> talked about it for like an hour, <laughs> solid. That was and now that we're like impressive. thirty-three minutes. Let's 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 get into football. Okay, let's let's, let's, let's talk some football. All right, uh, it should be pretty quickly. But we've got two things on the list. Um, like I said, it's the superlative slash ranking season for all the off season, all these articles that come out that really mean nothing. 
first one I want to talk about is they went through, I don't know if this is the first one in the series or what, but they, they picked an odd position group to start with. If this is the first one, it was linebackers. And they were ranking every team's linebackers um, one, one, one to ten through the conference. Texas Tech ended up third. I don't have I don't, a problem with that, do you? I don't no, I don't necessarily disagree with it, except kind of the reasoning that's put in the article that TCU has one guy returning and they're always good, so they're probably gonna be good again this year. It's like, well, you can't really say they're gonna be the second best with based on history and one guy. Right. Um I don't disagree that they can't end up in second. Um, and then they, they talked about the team in first was Iowa State, and they said, well, they're returning both guys that, from a defense that only gave up 10 rushing touchdowns. Like, that's good. That's good until one but, of them has to play quarterback. Yeah, like, how do they do in pass coverage? Or <laughs> Anyways, uh, Tech was third. They talked. They had you know praise of Dakota Allen and Jordan Brooks, and they were talking about the next string, and they mentioned Braden Stringer and... Christian Taylor. Christian Taylor. I was like, okay. But you missed Rico Jeffers, who may end up being a starter. Yeah. Like, e- even if he's not, he's the better of the backups over either one of those other two guys. Um, so, eh. Tech, third best linebacker, linebacker group in the conference. Don't necessarily disagree with it. No, I just I'll, would have had it. different justifications. Yeah. The reasoning was a little bit... Obviously, I'm sure. Well, this was at Land Grant Gauntlet, so they've got they they watch everybody, so they they're not going to pay as close Gosh. attention to it as we are. But I, I I can't argue with the ranking, really. I mean, and the guy that wrote it is a Texas fan, or a Texas graduate, I should say, and he's got Texas fourth. ranked fourth. Um, lost a couple of starters saying that Gary Johnson taking over from Leak Jefferson may be better than Jefferson. I was like, well, then why wasn't he starting? <laughs> and then the other guys, Jeffrey McCulloch and Malcolm Roach, have shown flashes of talent. That is good enough for fourth in the conference. The replacement to Malik Jefferson and guys that have shown flashes of talent. Well, that's good. His, his homerism was probably coming through there. He's like, I need to get Texans on this list somewhere really high. <laughs> I think I, I can do fourth without really upsetting a lot of people. Well, and yeah, for a Texas fan putting Iowa State at number one, that's an easy thing. I noticed OU didn't make it up there. OU is fifth. Yep. Oklahoma State, sixth. West Virginia, seven. Kansas, eight, which I was kind of surprised they were that high. Kansas State, nine. Baylor, ten. So, the other article also from this guy, also on Land Grant Gar- Land Grant Gauntlet. He ranked the Big 12 teams out of conference schedules. Shocker, Texas Tech ended up third. There's lots of threes in this this episode. The the women's recruiting, women's stance recruiting class. Oh yeah. Best linebackers in the conference was three. Out of conference schedule was third. So what he did is he tried to he looked at all of the the out of conference schedules and kind of mashed together USA Today rankings, uh, S&P Plus rankings, Athlon's rankings um, of the out-of-conference teams. 
and kind of made a strength of schedule. And he went one through ten, obviously. Number one, kind of surprising, is Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I thought that was a little surprising to me, too. His his reasoning behind that was UCLA, obviously. I I, I think we can get behind it. It's going to be a decent team. FAU, he said, is only 10 spots behind Oklahoma in the rankings. I was like, FAU is being way overrated. Just because some dude named Kiffin is coaching it doesn't mean they're going to all of a sudden be any good. And they're not going to be within 10 of Oklahoma. And like, because I think USA Today has FAU ranked as like the 17th best team. Like, if they start the team in the top 25 this season, that's going to be, that's going to be a mistake. Yeah, well, I I thought that aren't aren't they all home games too? Yep. Or he didn't really or he didn't really go into that. Am I reading this correctly? No, I, he didn't. He didn't with Oklahoma. He, did, he does because he says other places, at, which he gets wrong on yeah. the other places. He says at, but then he's not consistent with it. Yeah, I guess. So I'm not sure if they're all home games. Then definitely, why are they number one? Because people don't yeah, go to sure. Norman and lose very often, or win very often, you know. Yeah. I'm actually going to open that. You've got that great uh, spreadsheet that you did. I'm going to see if they're that first was a three long games. time ago. Yeah, I think yeah. I've still got it on here somewhere. And the other the other opponent that Oklahoma has is Army, and he says while they may not be like a super talented team, they went ten and three last year, which is pretty good for a service academy, um, and that they pose an interesting and unique um, challenge that you don't see every every week with their style of play. Which, okay, that doesn't mean that they're... I don't know. I, I, I just disagree with Oklahoma being one. Yeah, well, they're all three. I don't they have are, for sure, all three at home. So, no. Yeah. If, if all three of your non-conference games are at home, I don't, you know, unless you're playing Alabama, Ohio State, and... Clemson, Penn State, then Clemson's good too. Yeah, then you're not. No, you don't have the number one schedule. And because I thought at first he was kind of weighing it, you know, for this team, because that the the Tech, spoiler alert, Tech is number three, and I kind right. of agree with that because I was looking at it through the lens of well, for Texas Tech, these three games are, you know, Lamar should be a gimme, okay, but the other two aren't. So you've got a really, you've got a probably a better chance of going one and three than three and three, you know. But your Oklahoma, you have a much better chance of going three and three because they're all at home than Tech does. So I, I I'm not really quite sure <laughs> where he pulled that. So I, I definitely don't agree with that being number one. Yeah. So number two, he's got West Virginia, and they have they have the strangest non-conference schedule. They have Tennessee at a neutral site. Tennessee's kind of a dumpster fire these days. Yeah. Home against Young's Young Youngstown State, and then at North Carolina State. And how did Youngstown only play eleven games last year? They went six and five. Is that right? I wonder if one got canceled or postponed with weather. I don't know. But then they didn't get a bowl game? Or they're not? No, they're not. They're, are they they're, they're like a division, like FCS. Yeah, they're FCS, of course. Okay, FCS, who knows? It's a Wild West out there. Yep, and then Texas Tech at three. 
Um, TCU at four. Their out-of-conference schedule is Southern. I haven't even heard of a team called Southern, which is probably why they're this low. At SMU, always kind of a rivalry-ish type game. And then Ohio State and Dallas. Yeah, that so Ohio they, State they one. have the toughest, <laughs> the toughest single game out of conference For playing sure. Ohio State. Yeah, that they won't be too far from home. Um, but yeah, I I think that should push them up beyond number four. The fact that they're playing one of the best teams in the country. Period. Yeah, like I would probably drop West Virginia way down, put TCU up at two. Yeah, if you're gonna like flip them, Texas he has at five at Maryland. Home against Tulsa, home against USC. And that's pretty tough because if you look at it through the same lens that I was doing with Tech, that's that could be a tough stretch for Texas. Cause yeah, the, the, that Maryland team, they went 4-8 and eight last year, but they beat Texas in Austin by like 30 points. Yeah, yeah. And Tulsa... Tulsa's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> home against USC, that's going to be a really good game, I think. I think so, too. You'll I mean... probably have uh, Joe Tessitore screaming that Texas is back, folks. At some point, if they win that one. We can only hope. Number six, Kansas State, South Dakota, Mississippi State, UTSA. Yeah. Mississippi State and UTSA could be definite losses for this Kansas State team. South Dakota is just a game you shouldn't schedule. Yeah, so like that, like for the like for Kansas State, that one may be tougher yeah. than Oklahoma's. Yeah, Oklahoma versus Army may be easier than... Kansas State versus South Dakota. Yeah, because like the worse you are as a team, like the lower the bar is for your opponents to make it a tough out of conference. Because like Oklahoma could run through South Dakota, Mississippi State, UTSA three and zero. Kansas State may go one and two. Yep. Oklahoma State at seven. Missouri State, South Alabama, Boise State. That's a garbage out of conference. They should be number ten. <laughs> Best team on there is Boise State, but you never know what they have. And they're all three home games. They're like Oklahoma. Yep. They're all three home games, so boo. No, so, sorry, the South Dakota that you were talking about for Kansas State is not the same as South Dakota State. Yeah, you're right. I've realized that Which Iowa State has scheduled. Right. Big mistake, Iowa. This one, I think, should be a lot higher than eighth. Iowa State has South Dakota State, which is the best FCS team ever mm-hmm. at Iowa. They're going to lose that one home against Akron. So they're going to go one and two, maybe if they beat Akron. Yeah, that's, I mean, Iowa state. Well, is, assuming Iowa state like can get over South Dakota state. Iowa state has a true maybe. away game. So that's, I think that should bump them up a little bit. And Iowa, yep. you know, I was their huge rival. So they have to play at Iowa, which I, it was a year or two ago. They, Lost in double overtime or something crazy. Yeah, it was real close. Number nine, Baylor. They have Abilene Christian on their schedule. That should automatically bump them to 10. <laughs> hey, we're going to be in that boat in a few years. <laughs> At UTSA, have a real good shot of losing that game. Home against Duke, pretty good shot at losing that game. Like They, they will probably, I, I think they could go one and two. Yeah, they could. Depending on how that UTSA game, like I think they go one and two. So Kansas last at tenth. Nichols State, who? It's an SCS team. At Central Michigan, they're gonna they're gonna lose that one. 
And then Rutgers, we talked about this a while ago, there's not, it's going to be a really ugly game. Like two of the worst FBS teams out there right now. Yeah, it's going to be brutal. Okay. So, football, we're looking forward to that coming up this fall. Hopefully we'll have some more news as it comes out. But like I said, we'll probably get these kind of superlative and ranking type articles. I know Seth has has a series going on. Currently is taking the planes, ranking the, the best players. Um, media days will be coming up in August, right before the fall camp starts. So we, we still got some time for before that. But we'll kind of keep our, our eyes out for football news. But I guess the biggest thing going on right now is baseball. Um, I think so. You, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually mentioned to Michael, we... Our normal download slash listen schedule, like as we can track it through our our podcast host, was completely thrown off this week, and I think it was because of the the excitement around the uh, the regionals. Um, so we release the podcast on Wednesday. We have a real high spike Wednesday morning, and it kind of tails off throughout the rest of the week until Tuesday, just a real gradual decline. This week we had another we had another spike on Saturday and then a real big spike today. Yeah, which so, is really different. On, yeah, on day seven of a podcast cycle, for one that we like our our cycle is we get a real big spike on day one and then everything else is turning down. To get like spikes on days what was that four and seven, really interesting. I think it's because of baseball. Um, this past weekend, obviously you hosted a regional against. Louisville, Kent State, New Mexico State. You swept through that one, three and zero, unscathed. You didn't look like you were in trouble in any of the games. It was something we were talking about last week with Labar. That obviously winning game one is huge. You were able to do it with Dushek and Shatter not having to touch Killian or Martin. Um, you get Killian out there on game two against Louisville, the next best team in the in the regional. And he's just phenomenal and dominant. Um, you win that one pretty good. I was at that game. That was a lot of fun. We got to and watch that one at Chimmy's get... in Fort Worth. That was fun. That was fun to watch there, too. But it was. Friday, by the way, was absolutely miserable in the sun. It was 110. Oh, we thought about y'all, man. And the, the game started at 1. 1. Um, oh, my God. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, because of the way the heat, you know, like we actually, towards the end of the game was when it was hottest, but we were already in the shade. We were in the sun in our seats for the first two or three innings, so it wasn't too terrible. We were in the we were in the shade pretty quickly, um, but it was still disgustingly hot. That's just brutal. Yeah, I, we kept seeing all the stuff on like they were measuring the asphalt and the asphalt or the field turf or whatever was 165 degrees or the the pitcher's mound. I think the day before that, which it wasn't even as hot, was 133. I remember one of the sports guys. I think it was. Pete Christie or one of the local guys tweeted that, and like, oh, that's just gonna be brutal. Cause I thought about y'all, cause I was I was driving to Dallas during that time, cause I couldn't couldn't listen to any of it. I just had to kind of pull over and check Twitter, or whenever I was pulled over, I'd check and see how it was going. But never and was really in any doubt. Smart team they were on Friday wore all black uniforms. Oh, we saw that. We couldn't believe it. <laughs> that had to be miserable. I don't get it. Just awful. Um, so you win the regional, you go three and zero. Great weekend. Uh, Davis looked really good. 
There's a scary moment there actually early on in the game when he took a line drive off of his, his ankle. Ooh. And he was like hobbling around for a little while. I was like, ooh, that's not good. Cause it, was, it was on his left foot, which is his plant and push off foot. So when he, he's going through his pitching motions, it's his last step he takes before he throws the ball. He looked, he looked off. He was, um, he was limping around. It seemed to tighten up pretty quickly, but he came back out, looked to get everything back under control. Um, the Texas Tech bats, specifically Zach Reams, were just all over Louisville. Um, got big leads early on in both of those games and just kind of coasted, held on, um, scored lots of runs, and just let, let their pitchers pitch. And it was really, really fun regional to watch. You advance to the Super Regionals, third time with Tim Tadlock in um, four years. Yeah. I guess five years. Well, only, yeah, five. It's five years. Only missed out in 15 and 17, I think, according to what you got there. Um, But, you know, you make it to the Super Regionals in 2014, 2016, 2018. Every time that you've made it to a Super Regional, which you've also hosted, you've made it to the College World Series. Ooh. I think you got another great chance of repeating that and keeping that little pattern going because the regional slash super regional um, pairing you were with were, was obviously Georgia. They lost their regional. So Duke from that regional beat Georgia twice in one day. Really and, impressive and, and, feat. Yeah, and beat them, what was it, 8-5 to five both games? It was eight four eight five, and they were so down was, at one, a couple of points. And they, I mean, so the the first game hard. Duke had to come back. Yeah, the second game I think Duke jumped on them early and just kind of shocked Georgia. And Georgia was like, "Oh, what are we gonna do? And yeah. we're gonna lose this." And they lost it. Because so because Georgia was actually the eighth national seed. You were you're the ninth. You were paired up with them. Georgia loses the super regional comes to Lubbock, which is great news for Tech fans. I actually saw it right before we came on. Super regional tickets are sold out. They still have a small set for students to come claim uh, tomorrow, I think, or Thursday, whenever it is. And then any remaining tickets from the students that aren't picked up will be sold. Um, I'm assuming if it's all sold out that (laughs) the season tickets that we have in our office were claimed by our office. I haven't heard yet. I would (laughs) assume and hope so. Um, so your first game is going to be against Duke, or sorry, you are playing Duke. Your first game will be Saturday. You play again on Sunday, and if you need a game three, you'll be on Monday. Really wish the the series actually started on Friday, but if you keep your same kind of rotation minus the Shedder, Dushek, like I, I think you can go Killian game one, Martin game two to keep them on the same kind of rest, assuming Martin's ankle is going to be fine. Um, I think that sets up really well for you to win the series in two games because looking at the Duke team, like they they've gotten hot lately, but they are not something like if you look at the stats that really should scare you. Um, and we'll kind of go through that. If you look at average, um, the team batting average Texas Tech is at three oh nine. Duke is at two sixty seven. That's a big drop. So 267 is good for 146th in the country. Yeah. And slugging percentage, Texas Tech is at 509, which is second. So most of these offensive categories, which I think is interesting, Texas Tech was up near the top. There's at least two of them where they were second 
the team ahead of them was Tennessee Tech, and they got matched up with Texas in the Super Regional in Austin, which I think could be a really fun one to watch just because of the offensive firepower Tennessee Tech has. They, they led the country in home runs by like 30. They had 30 more home runs than the number two team. Their their average is a few points better than Tech. Their slugging percentage is better. Um, they hit 54 more home runs than Tech, and Tech hit 74. Like Tennessee Tech hit like almost 130 home runs this season. They average more than two home runs a game. It's ridiculous. Anyways, so back to Tech and and Duke. Slugging percentage for Tech: 509. Duke: 418. Not too bad. 418 is good for 74th in the country. Home runs, like I just said, Texas Tech hit 74, which is good for 12th. Duke hit 49, good for 68. So there's a 25 home run gap, and that really depends on, obviously, your pitching, mm-hmm. your opponent pitching, and then the parks you play in. I'm not familiar with the ACC parks. I just know Duke did not even rank up in the top little bit of the ACC like in their own conference, they weren't even that good. No, and I, mean, I don't think they did anything really in their tournament either, did they? I'm not sure. I so I know um, Miami, uh, Clemson, um, Louisville, obviously were all higher in the conference than, than Duke. So I'm from an offensive standpoint. I think you've got the upper edge here. I think your offense is far and away better than theirs. Where it gets a little bit interesting, um, sorry, one more offensive stat. Your on-base percentage is 423, good for second in the country. Theirs is 377, which is 70th. But it's the pitching that kind of evens it back out a little bit. Your ERA is atrocious, 436. But if you're the offensive team that you are, you can kind of live with a 436 ERA. There's, their ERA isn't all that much lower than yours. They're they're at 380, which I think is a bigger deal with how mediocre their offense is. Opponent's average um, is almost identical to yours. You are 238, they are 235. So their pitchers do about the same as that you do. Um, strikeouts per nine innings, identical at 9.2. Um, Ball or walks per nine innings, you are t- Texas Tech is just awful. At five point five seven, yeah, good for two hundred and seventy second in yeah. the country. We way too many walks. Yeah, that's not that's not the um, the stat of the day. <laughs> yeah, so if you can avoid the free passes like you did this weekend in, in the regional, I, I think that that nullifies the biggest advantage they have over you as walks. Um. And then fielding percentage, uh, you're at 971, which is okay. You're it's 125th in the country because there's a lot of teams that are stacked up in that like 970 range. So even though you're you know they're at 982, which is sixth, you're only 11. What's that? 11 thousandths behind <laughs> them. You're 120 points lower or 120 teams lower than they are. So just a little bit makes up a big difference. Um, so. Defensively, you're a little worse. You know, your, your pitching could obviously be better. I think starting pitching, uh, I don't think you have to worry about that. It's the end of the bullpen guys that walk a lot of people. Um, I, I say as long as you avoid some of the, the free passes and given 
giving up the easy things to Duke, I think you should feel pretty good about this Super Regional this weekend. Offensively, obviously you're playing at home. Um, huge advantage for you. You blow them out of the water in all the offensive stats. I don't think there's any reason why you can't go into this weekend expecting to advance. What do you think, Michael? I, I'm thinking the same thing, but you know, Duke's just been—they've been really hot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but so is Tech. But, I mean, let's—we we we got to give Duke some credit because especially beating Georgia two games in a row and two games they had to win, and mm-hmm. and they came out so flat in that first game. I can't remember who they played, but I think they lost six to nothing. Or I think they played Troy or something. Yeah, and they just came out flat and didn't do anything. And then went on to score like 25 runs. So, I, I think we can't underestimate their, their, uh, their offensive power. I think if the, the pitching's handled correctly, we can kind of stifle some of that. And uh, if our guys stay hot, then I think we've got a great chance. The biggest thing—it's kind of mitigated a little bit with the series starting on Saturday. Yeah. Is you played three games this weekend. They played five. Yeah, yeah, and they have a pretty quick turnaround because they played. What they played yesterday? That's like they played Monday, and they'll have to go again on on Saturday. Yeah, they played twice yesterday. Now they're, yeah, but in terms of like their best starting pitching, yeah, they probably started on Friday or Saturday whenever their their regional started. So their regular pitchers, their first tier guys, will be ready to go. If you can get past them, um, their bullpen may struggle because of the short rest. And because they had to go five games this weekend, where you went three. Man, and and y'all y'all heard me. I don't know how consistent I've been this year. This year talking about the baseball team, I feel like every week I feel completely different. Uh, you know, they'll completely botch a series, or they'll come out and destroy Oklahoma State and help Texas win the championship, or and then they'll come out and just almost no show the Big Twelve tournament, and then mm-hmm. and then they just coast. I mean, absolutely coast through a regional. So I, I never quite know what to expect. I want to be optimistic. So that's that's why I'm thinking that Tech will pick this up. I would not be surprised if they didn't have to play on Monday. Um, I think yeah, that, I, I think they'll knock it out in the in the first two days. It's not that I would be disappointed if they if this series went to three games. No, if you had to play again on Monday not. because you're you're at the super regional stage. Um, while the Duke offensive stats aren't that impressive, they obviously had to do a lot to get where they are. They've done as much as you have. So, I mean, it took them a few extra games in the regional this past weekend. Um, but they were the they were not the number one seed in their in their regional. And they weren't playing at home. They lost the first game, so they had to they had to make up some games. They played through some doubleheaders and stuff like that. Um, but I think if you look at you know. They're hot, obviously, but you know you went through and coasted through a regional, like, like what you just said, Michael. Um, that can't be understated. You're playing really good baseball, and you played it against really good opposition. Yeah. You know you played Louisville twice, and neither of those games were in question. Um, like you, you were down by one run early on in the Saturday game. Because they scored first in the second or third inning, you came back that same inning and scored three. So you took the lead back and then never gave it back. Yeah. 
anytime Louisville scored Louisville, sorry, Louisville, anytime they scored a run, you responded the next half inning with multiple runs. Um, so I think that fight is there. You, you haven't seen that. You hope that that continues on. Um, I think I haven't seen it with my eyes. <laughs> you know, I can't say this like I've seen this happen. I believe Louisville is better than Duke. And oh yeah, I think so you too. Handled, you handled Louisville. I think, you, like I said, you should feel pretty good about your opponent this weekend, even considering they've you know made it to the Super Regionals and did what they've done. Um, I mean, Louisville had a player drafted pretty highly. That the guy from Centerfield Stowers was drafted pretty high, uh, which we can talk about the draft here in a minute. Duke had a couple players drafted. Um, I just think, you know, you had a pretty good barometer of how the ACC is, and you played one of their best teams in mm-hmm. Louisville, and you took care of business um, pretty easily at home. I think you've got another shot to do the same thing this weekend and advance to your third College World Series in five years. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I did not feel this way probably two weeks ago. Going into the regional, I felt completely different. I thought this could be a tough one because I don't know. Because you're looking at if you lose a game in the regional, you're really going to stretch your pitching staff because, like, like there's like the the path that Duke had to take. You would have had to play five games to win in advance. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if you have the staff to do that. You went through three games, which I think is like you're like you feel really good about making it through three games. You know, um, this weekend. At most, you play three games. Yeah. And I think with the way Killian and Martin both perform this weekend, you can get it done in two games. If you go a third game, you're looking at Dushek if he's available, or Shetter, who was also drafted. Like, you've got guys that can, starting guys that can take you three games if you need it. I don't think you'll see Shetter, Dushek, that that group come up in game one, because I think with the opportunity to go. 2-0, you, you go Killian game one, Martin game two. If needed, you go to Shedder and Harpano and all those guys in game three to get you to get you into Omaha. It works for me. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, like I said, we'll, we'll touch on this really quickly. The draft started um, this past, last night, Monday. The, now, the Our, MLB draft goes for, what, like 17 days or something, probably? Is it something like it that? It feels that way. It's going to be a while because they have, they have many, many rounds. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's a, I don't know how college guys, college coaches do it, recruiting high school guys because the better high school guys that you target, the more likely they are to be drafted and never show up on your campus. Mm-hmm. And then you've always got guys that could leave your team um, like a Grant Little after two years or three years, you know, if you're, if you're old enough. Um, so then you have to replace them, but you also have like guys that could get drafted that don't leave. It's just, uh, it's gotta be like a real, real juggle, real headache to, to, to figure out your roster at this point in the year, especially if you're in postseason play, you're like, I don't have time to recruit and worry about this right now. Right. Let's just but let's deal with I it just later. Lost the, I just lost my five best players and my five best recruits to the draft. Right. 
what am I going to be next year? I know. It's got to be in the back of your mind. There's no way it's not. Yep. So, so far, uh, Tech has had four players drafted, three pitchers, one starting. The guy that went first, um, I think it was probably more of a surprise at the beginning of the season. The guy that went first was Grant Little, left fielder. Um, even though he's a sophomore, he's eligible for the draft because he's 21. So he was a little like, – he may have enrolled later. He may have had like a one of those prep school years. I'm not sure. Hmm. As a 21-year-old, he's eligible for the draft even though he's only a sophomore. He went first, pick number 74, which is at the end of the second round to the Padres. Congrats, Grant Little. Uh, Michael Labar actually shared a, a tweet, screenshot of an interview he did with them back in like 2015 when he was a, a recruit. And Grant Little said, you know, if I get drafted before college, I'm going to go. I'm going to use college as a stepping stone to go to the professional leagues. Um, so while I think Grant Little, like, so, sorry. Grant Little does have the option to come back. I, I think he's for sure gone. Yeah, that's what it sounds like, especially with what Labar posted. It sounded sounded like this was the plan. This was what he was really hoping to happen. Uh, we're going to miss him immensely. I've got his stats pulled up here. He's averaged 380, a 380 batting average this this season. Which is ridiculous. That is unbelievable. Um, and saying that, he's second on the team in batting average. There's yeah. somebody even higher than him. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> and, and, you know, the best the best batter on Duke's team is 308. So we've got two guys that are above that just Which, off the top of our heads. And, I mean, I just can't imagine being that good at it. I mean, last last year he was at 335. That's, that's no slouch. Your freshman well, year. That, yeah, as a, as a true freshman, three, yeah. You bat 335. Going back to Duke really quickly because you brought this up. When I was doing my research, I looked at their basically their starting lineup, and you said their, their top hitter in terms of average is 308. You've – in, in your lineup, in your regular lineup, you've got six guys that bat better than 308. Okay. I was wondering if you knew that because I knew so I knew little the best for Duke sure. batter would rank seventh in your lineup. Yeah. So that goes back to that stat that you brought up about just how their team average uh, batting percentage. 267. 267. And then Texas, 309. Tex average batting percentage is, is higher than their, than their best batter. Yep. So, on paper, it really looks like Tech should come away uh, without needing to play Monday at all. At least scoring lots of runs. Yeah, that's that really should uh, be something they can handle. Sorry. Sorry. I, yeah, I distracted you. You were going. You're going through who who all got drafted so far. Yep. So the second guy from Tech off the board was Stephen Gingery. He dropped quite a bit because of his injury. Um, he was projected to go up in the 60s in the second round. Um, ended up going 123rd to the Cardinals, which again, low enough where you're thinking maybe there's incentive for him to come back. Um, you would assume he would have a medical redshirt granted because he played in, he pitched in two innings this year. Yeah, he didn't, you know, didn't complete like the 30% rule. Didn't even complete 30% of a, a one start. Um, so he could come back as a junior and have the junior leverage, as they call it. Um, so Ginger's really interesting, right on the edge of, well, we, th- we thought he was going to go, but it, it's low enough where maybe he doesn't. Um, he may come back. Coupled with Davis Martin not having been drafted yet, 
through 10 rounds, which I think is really intriguing. You're like, well, maybe Martin comes back too. Yeah. And you get Martin and Gingery for a fourth year. That'd Hopefully having them both healthy for an entire year, knock on wood. I mean, that was um, something we were kind of speculating as, as a possibility when, especially when Gingry first went down, uh, that that could be a scenario that could work out. Uh, we'll just have to see. Yep. Other pitchers taken so far, Ryan Shetter. Not really surprised he was taken. He, he's been phenomenal this year. Um, taken at 260, 262nd pick to the Braves. Um, I don't. I can't. I don't know if he's a junior or a senior. Depending on the money and his situation, that's one of those things. Where like, do you go? I, I don't have any feel on, on Shatter. Whether he goes, me neither. The, the other guy that's been drafted so far has been Jose Quezada at two ninety one, also to the Padres with Grant Little. So, names absent from this list so far. Um, that you were kind of expecting would be Davis Martin, obviously, Caleb Killian. Um, other pitchers that are eligible, I can't think of any off the top of my head besides Dushek and Lanning, but Lanning was was injured real early on. I think he has got a good shot of coming back and uh, hopefully having a, a healthy season in 2019. Hmm. Um, so gingry has got a decision to make, obviously, having been already drafted Davis is kind of waiting to see where he might go. It's possible Gingry and Davis Martin are back next year. Erickson Lanning, your projected top three starters that you only had end up having one of those. Um, so where you kind of went into the season thinking the draft was going to decimate your team, have a good shot at uh, having possibly all three of them back. One of those interesting things where the the draft falls in like the middle of your postseason in college, so a real good distraction. I remember, I remember Stephen Smith was it 2016 got drafted during a game, like he was playing a game it was against New Mexico, and he was drafted while he was while the game was going on. It was nuts. <laughs> so so does he just come back to the dugout and guys are like, hey, hey man, you were just you drafted. Hear? Did you know? <laughs> That that would be so like distracting, like, because you're thinking of like, oh my gosh, okay, here's what that pick means in terms of like possible salary, possible signing bonus. Is that where I was thinking I was gonna get drafted? Is that high enough for me to leave? Right. All that kind of stuff. Like, oh, I have to go bat the next half inning. Yeah. Or I have to go back in the field and we're down by two. Play this fly ball to right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're down by two, and this game takes us to the College World Series. So, um, <laughs> you know, you're just anything crazy like that. Yeah, luckily, uh, at least for this year, the draft fell between the regional and super regionals. Hopefully, we wrapped up before this weekend. Mm-hmm. We would assume so. It started on a Monday. Um, but you never know. Baseball is uh, it's not a time sport. Yep, and the, they could the, still you know, be drafting two weeks from now. <laughs> That's true. Only other thing, like I said, I want to mention is that uh, super regional down in Austin with the country's most offensively loaded team, Tennessee Tech, another TTU team out there. going to be interesting for Texas to play another TTU. Um, I, I, I would just would love to see them play because they remind me a lot of the um, UL, Louisiana Lafayette team from a couple of years ago that was just monster hitters. They were just mashing balls all over the place. I would just be really interested to see how they match up with Texas. 
Um, yeah, I'll have to I'll have to see some of that game. And unrelated, do you remember? Was it last year or the year before that? The same day that Texas Tech played Texas in football, that Tennessee Tech played Tennessee in football, and there were just hash. Am, it was just mass hashtag confusion all over Twitter because it was TTU <laughs> VUT everywhere, and no one knew what the hell they were talking about. Yeah, everybody was confused. So, yeah, I'll be obviously looking forward to the Texas Tech Duke series. Hopefully I get some tickets. If I've got tickets, Michael, you're obviously welcome to come with me. Cool. Saturday. I won't be going on Sunday. I know. Just a personal thing. I'm not going to be able to Saturday. My wife's already she's, – she's committed oh. to a, a, a bridal shower. And so – Well, if it goes to I'm Monday – going to be dad then, of the year. Then we'll go. <laughs> yeah. If it goes to Monday, we'll go. I'll, we'll figure that out. All right, let's wrap this episode up with uh, everybody's favorite segment, Going Yard, where you get the updates from the lawn growing process. I actually was writing some of this down. Uh, So we planted seed March 30th, Good Friday. So it's been just over two months. I have a yard. I have a lawn. He does. There There are some spots that inexplicably aren't growing grass like this one strip across the side fence in my backyard. I don't know if there's just like, if I hit it too much with like the fence stain or, or if like the seed just got washed away from like, but it's like a very clear foot wide path down the side of my fence. Not like three sections of fence. Anyways, um, past few weeks of weather have been pretty harsh to the yard trying to fight off the yard going dormant because fescue is a cool season lawn does not like the heat whereas um my bermuda neighbors are loving it their grass is sitting their stolen which is the 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 top growth into my yard i have to go out there like every couple of days and rip it up and tear it off and throw it back in their yard <laughs> so i definitely don't want bermuda i've been fighting off the the yard going dormant i'm down to watering twice a day but they're long waterings um, it's still going. It's still going every day. I actually, put down um, my first application, my regular application of a organic fertilizer the weekend of Memorial Day called hey. Melorganite, which is so you got the green light to of, give it some meds. Yeah, so Melorganite, like I said, is a uh, organic nitrogen fertilizer and basically what it is it's the waste coming from a milwaukee waste management plant where they're processing people's poop in milwaukee and bagging it into fertilizer essentially that is that is a phenomenal job yeah so it's it's real it's it's foolproof uh foolproof one because it's it's natural it's organic it's, it's poop you can't burn it like you can't burn your yard if you over apply it. It's good. Um, makes it really easy. You don't have to do any like really hard and fast uh, calculations on how much to put down and when. They have a really good, uh, really easy schedule to remember. Uh, you basically put it down on the holidays. You put it down Memorial Day, Fourth of July, um, Labor Day, uh, Labor Day, and Thanksgiving. Oh, that's great. So you put it up four times a year. The bags are relatively inexpensive. Um, I've seen them as cheap as $6 a bag, and they're 36-pound bags. 
Jeez, yeah, that is that is cheap. I mean, that's like mulch almost. So, but and, and you put it, uh, you put it down pretty heavily. So you put it down thirteen pounds per thousand. So in my yard, it's one bag for the entire yard. Um, but if you do it, you know, at six or so dollars a bag, you know, that's your fertilizer four times a year. So there's the update. Still trying to fight off the the heat. Yeah. The fescue, the cool season grass having to deal with 110 degrees out here on the South Plains. I'm losing it, losing that battle. I'm, I'm getting some, some brown in the yard. I'm not, not really happy about it. Decided I'm going to have to, to, to fill in. I'm going to have to just deal with the, the bare spots for now. Uh, seeding everything in the fall when you're actually supposed to seed, you know, not in the spring. <laughs> Well, because of this exact reason. It doesn't have enough time to grow and mature before it gets too hot. Well, I think you've done I think you've done really well with it because I, I was giving you a lot of grief at first, but it, it does look really nice. He's sent me some yep. pictures. He's it's how many times have you mowed it now? Like three? I've mowed it three times, but with with the really hot um the heat wave last week I didn't mow it because they say Because you didn't um, want to die? Right, yeah. One. That's why I don't mow when it's 110. I don't know. I don't care about the grass. <laughs> but if you leave it longer, obviously the shade will help retain water. It'll help keep the soil cooler. Um, fescue will perform better in higher heats if it's taller. So I haven't mowed it in a couple of weeks now. It's it's tall enough it needs to be mowed, but I'm really hesitant to get out there and, and chop it down. Looking at the forecast, lots of lots of high heat this week. Um, assuming it isn't too terribly long, I could probably get out there this weekend and do it. You know, Saturday's a high of 95. <laughs> next Wednesday's a high of 89. If I can make it all the way to next Wednesday. Yeah, just just hold out. You'll be fine. Another week. Yeah, just wait. But yeah, I'll, I'll right, be let's... doing all yard work Saturday myself. So. Yeah, it's going to be too hot for that mess. I agree, but I'll be out there doing it because with the wisdom teeth coming out, I wasn't really going to do it two days after I had my wisdom teeth out. And then I was out of town. How's that going, week. by the way? How's your how's your? Oh yeah, your sockets. Um, yeah, my, <laughs> my sockets, if you will. The, the first few days were pretty rough. Um, I definitely would. Yeah, because you, you bounced on us recording oh, last I did. week. Well, that was my first day because we had Memorial Day off and that was my first day back to work and I was still like I wasn't taking a ton of I was taking mainly over the counter meds by that point but I still was just exhausted like my body hadn't recovered because I'm 34 and not 17 and these suckers have been with me for half of my life and this guy had to drill to my jawbone to get one of them out mm. and uh, so it would just it wasn't like a traumatic thing but it was it they had to work to get one of them out. The other three came out. Uh, I think he pulled them out, and he showed them to me while I was under. You know, I was sedated. I wasn't under. So he was like, look look how long these roots are. I was like, oh, man, that's crazy. And I grabbed. I remember grabbing his arm. I grabbed him by the bicep, and I was like, man, you're strong to pull those out <laughs> with one, one, uh, one rip. And he said something like, yeah, I'm not going to have to go to the gym today. And uh, then they just like drilled on me for like 
30, 45 minutes on, on it's one It's funny of them. that you remember. I don't remember a single second. Oh, I remember I, I remember I all of it. I mean, almost all of it. I feel like I s- kind of slept through some of it. Um, but I remember a whole bunch of it. I remember them talking. The The guy was really reassuring. His kind of nervous tick was just saying, yeah, really, really kind, in a really kind way while he was working on me. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. So he would just, you know, he was doing that while he was working on me. As you pantomime pulling a tooth. (laughs) Yeah, I did. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I I remember it all. Uh, I definitely wasn't completely with it. Uh, I remember acting kind of weird on the way home. Like, I didn't know what to do. I'm still really upset that Allison did not film this. I know. I didn't know what to do with my hands. It freaked her out. Like, I was sitting in the passenger seat of the car. Kind of. Yeah, I was kind of doing a Ricky Bobby. Or I just had him, like, on my knees, but I kept moving my knees back and forth and just kind of like nervously, you know, sitting there in the seat. And she was like, what are you doing? Are you okay? And I was like, yeah. Cause I knew I was doing it. I was like, yeah, I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> I was like, it's just, I don't know. It just feels right. Um, but anyway, the recovery was, you know, eating, eating, you know, all that mush. Mashed potatoes was, and jello. Yeah. It, it got old after a few days. And the thing, the thing that's bad now uh, is now that I can eat again, I am eating, but it makes my gums really sore back where the sockets are, you know, because food will get back you, there. You still have to rinse them out with that little syringe? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm still, like after every meal? I'm still doing that. And I'm still... Oh, that's the worst. I, I'm still I'm using Listerine, which I hate because I think my teeth are sensitive and it makes them worse. I'm using that to kind of swish around to... Um, my mouth finally feels kind of like my mouth again because you don't look swollen no i i think i, I think like you've been punched in the face or anything no <laughs> and i did I, allison could i she could kind of even see some bruising on that side where they really worked on me and there was you know there was a uh, places on the inside of my cheek that were kind of rough and anyway i'm back uh but all that to say like he's back with us folks. yeah i was i went to work and i was trying to talk and uh because I really, you know, I talked at home because my wife and child are here, and but I'm, you know, I'm not talking nonstop. And then I go to work and I try to talk to my boss, and I'm still kind of doing this kind of thing because things were still <laughs> kind of swollen up, and then things still hurt. And then uh, yeah, I got halfway through that day, and I had to text you like, man, I can't go. I'm not going to sound right, and by the time I get home, I'm probably going to go to bed. <laughs> I'm just going to like crash. That's good, man. I understand. The so going back to when I had my wisdom teeth pulled, I think my first memories coming out of sedation was at I was standing with my mom at the front desk as we were leaving the clinic. She was doing like the final bit of paperwork and whatever. And then we stopped at Sonic on the way home, and I got a shake. Yeah. And she's like, "Don't bring us a straw. Don't do it." Yeah. I remember her saying that. Don't even bring them. <laughs> yep. I still um, haven't used a straw. I. I Took it upstairs. This, this uh, my parents' new house. Took it upstairs. Um, I was gonna eat it and like just lay down and watch TV, whatever. I probably got a couple of spoonfuls out before I, I fell back asleep. Woke up, it was completely melted. I was like, "Oh, this sucks." <laughs> <laughs> and then like, like all the medication worn off, and I was just like, "Oh, this really hurts." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had one of those medication wore off moments too. It was about eight o'clock, and I was holding ice on my face. And I was just walking around nervously around the bedroom until like that Tylenol with codeine finally kicked in. Like I was just, ah, uh, this is bad. <laughs> this, I mean, that was the only time I really was 
like in pain and it was maybe 15 minutes but yeah. you know the rest of the time you're just uncomfortable and and there's pain my, my mouth pain is the worst yeah though. i mean like pain I, would I had shoot. braces for many many years and it was the oh worst. my gosh and so you you i never had them but i know that you know this because i'm sure the pain the pain would move you know like one day one tooth would really be bothering you or some days like my the teeth adjacent to them would feel numb and they would you know i just had all sorts of pain moving around just but, nerve issues when they tearing out teeth yeah yeah so that was that was kind of a weird thing but yeah the sedation thing um i mean it kept me calm for the most part i did get really f- kind of freaked out after a while as long as he was working on that one tooth that he drilled on forever i was starting to get really freaked out because i could just feel him there and it felt like it had been a long time and it had been a long time and you could you know feel him yanking on you and <laughs> Your head's all like yeah, yeah, and there was around, you know this jostling. this one poor girl's job was to hold my neck, like hold my chin level, while two two adults were working like into my mouth, and you know so she was holding my chin from the bottom, and so that they could like push down on me, and uh, I, I remember a bunch of stuff. I remember them stitching it because they had to stitch that one, and uh, a couple other things too, but. It just sounds awful. It I'm wasn't great, right there, because that's just <laughs> the worst. It wasn't great, but I'm I'm not trying to make it sound worse than it was, not purposefully. <laughs> All right, we're gonna end it here. We're gonna we're gonna jump into our mailbag section. We've got lots of great questions. Uh, Dan actually got us sparked off or got everything going with a uh, a debate about is Texas Tech a football school, baseball school, basketball, or other? Yep. So he actually has a poll going. We're gonna talk about that. Got a question about Mount Rushmore of Tech Athletics. We're limited to four choices. Who are they? Um, a question about Tadlock recruiting. And then if and when we have to replace Cliff Kingsbury this year, who do we think we can get? So all those questions and more on the mailback edition for Michael. I'm Spencer. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the 23 Personal Podcast. Thank you.